You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah chapter 6 in your Bibles. Next Tuesday, my brother Joel will be with us and they'll be here for Thanksgiving. And I asked him to preach next Tuesday for our Thanksgiving service. Then in the month of December, I've asked our staff men to preach uh, on a few Wednesday nights, and we'll kind of have some Christmas-themed messages there in December. So this will be our last message from Jeremiah until probably about the first of the year, and then we'll pick it back up. And we have been in Jeremiah chapter 6 for several weeks. Uh, We talked about the uh, signs, how you know if you're backslidden or not. And uh, I hope uh, as God's people, I hope we pray and read our Bibles and work every day to stay close to God. We don't want to go down the road of being backslidden. Many people have gone down that road and uh, they they could stand and they could testify. There's nothing worth getting down that road. There's a lot of regrets. There's a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointments. There's a lot of wasted time. But uh, don't backslide on God. Stay as close to God as you possibly can. Then we talked about uh, the the Bible and the Word of God and how it ought to be precious to us. It ought to be practiced and how that uh, it's powerful and all those things last week. But I want to draw your attention to Jeremiah 6 this evening. And I'll just give you a few thoughts tonight. I know in January and February and March... I know I'm going to take some time to get into more specifics uh, on on this subject, but I want you to look at Jeremiah 6 and verse number 16. It says in verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, this is God speaking, this is the, the preacher, Jeremiah, giving the words, but he's just saying, hey folks, this is what God wanted me to tell you. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see... And ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Now you'd think the people would say, you can can count on us, you can sign us up, that's the road we want to take, that's the path we want to take. It'd be like if I brought this evening an atlas. Anybody still got an atlas in your car? You know, those Walmart atlases, Rand McNally or whatever, you know, if I I said, I've got an atlas here and I want to point out to you, I want to show you the best way to get from North Carolina to California. Now you can't move there, but you could go visit, right? Uh, Brother Mitch, have y'all made that drive all the way from California to Georgia? You have made that drive? Um, I've made the drive from California to North Carolina, but it was in a Penske moving truck pulling a trailer and uh, my brother Joel was actually with me for that. And I'm telling you, it's a long way. But I can tell you the best way to get from there to here. And if I said this will be the, the best roads, this will be uh, the best route, this is the most direct, uh, this is going to be the way you want to go. And you said, no, it's okay. I don't need a map. As a matter of fact, I, I don't like to read road signs. Um, I don't need GPS. I don't need any of that. I've never been, but I'll figure it out. I'll find my own way. I'll just keep, I'll just keep driving until I get there. You know what I'd say? You're crazy. You're lost. You've lost your mind. If somebody's been there and somebody's got the map and somebody's got 
it all charted out and said, this is the best way to go, you'd think you'd want to take that route. Well, here Jeremiah is telling God's people, here's the best way to find peace in your life. Here's the very best way to be happy. Here's the best way to do it right and not have regrets. Here's the good way. Here's the good path. And you would think the people would have said, we'll do it. But notice what it says in verse number 16. But they said, we will what? Not walk therein. Verse 17. Also, I set watchmen over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Can I tell you, that's a, that's a spiritual problem right there. When God's people, when we refuse to listen, when we refuse to obey, when we refuse to take the path that God has given to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look at your word. Lord, may we get on the right path in our life. Lord, I pray that you would keep us from getting sidetracked and keep us from uh, getting off on, on, on crazy uh, detours and, and crazy rabbit trails. I pray that our lives would be uh, focused on you and pleasing you and finding your will. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get back to the good paths and the, the good way that you have promised, Lord, would lead us to peace and lead us to blessing. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts in these next few moments in Jesus' name. Amen. Hold your place in Jeremiah 6. Would you go back to Isaiah 58, please? Isaiah chapter 58. The Bible has a lot to say about our path and our way and the direction we're going. Uh, Sunday night, we were in Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, the Bible says, He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. I'm glad that God leads and God directs and He's the shepherd. It says in Psalm 18, verse 30, as for God, His way is what? It's perfect. You can't improve on God's way. You can't find a better route. You're not going to be happy any other way than doing it God's way. Uh, Isaiah 58, verse number 11. Oh, I love this. Uh, I don't know how far we'll get tonight, but this is so good. It says in verse 11, And the Lord shall what? Guide. Can I tell you, that's what I want for my life. I want the Lord to guide me. I'll tell you, we've got the McCormicks here tonight, and I'll promise you this is their testimony. They didn't just sit down one day and say, how can we make the most money? How can we have the biggest 401k? I know, let's, let's put our, our medical careers on hold, and let's go to Peru, and let's be missionaries. That's certainly the way we're going to have the most fortune and the more, most fame. Oh, no. They didn't end up on this road because that's what they chose, although they said yes, but they have followed the Lord and let the Lord guide them and lead them. And did you notice tonight when Brother Mitch was up here, you know what I saw? I saw a happy camper. I saw a man who said, hey, we're, we're, we're excited about what God has for us, and I'm, I'm excited for them. Can I tell you, there's no life like a life where you follow the Lord's leading, and it says, the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought it may be drought everywhere else but when the lord is your shepherd and he's guiding you he's going to satisfy your soul he's going to give you peace he's going to give you rest the lord shall satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden 
and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Verse 12, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. You know, for some of us, maybe we've been on the right path in times past in our lives. For some of us, we just got to get back on that path. For some in this room, maybe you've never been on that path. Maybe you're a newer Christian or maybe you got saved and you've just never really just let go and let God lead and let God guide you. I want to tell you, you're missing out on the greatest life in all the world. And that life may be in Roanoke Rapids, that life may be in Peru, but when you just say, Lord, my life is yours to control, when you just yield yourself and let God guide you and you stay on his path, you find that you have peace. We know in this passage that there's a comparison, Jeremiah 6, between the old paths and new paths. That's why the adjective old is used. We find in the scriptures that there are times where people went after new ideas. I think about the story of Rehoboam. Solomon was the king and he, uh, he passed off the scene and Rehoboam became king. And Rehoboam did not listen to the advice of the older, wiser counselors, but he listened to the advice of his peers, his friends. And, and of course, he lost the kingdom. He destroyed the kingdom because he didn't stick with what was tried and what was tested and what was true. I'll say this, old is not always good. Just because something is old does not necessarily mean that that's the greatest thing. I'll give you, for instance, when I came to church tonight, and I normally am here before everybody gets here, but tonight I ran back to the house right before church and came back, I saw a lot of automobiles in the parking lot. I did not see any horse and buggies out there tonight at all. I didn't see one. Did anybody see anybody coming up on horse and buggy tonight to church? Well, what's wrong with horse and buggy? You got something against it? No, it's just, that's probably not the best way to get to church. I don't think there's anything wrong with kerosene lanterns. I've been in some services where that's what was used, not because I'm that old, but it was old-fashioned Sunday, just so you know. And uh, some of you might be able to tell a different story, but I've been in some services with kerosene lanterns. I remember one service, the power went out. We had a big youth rally, and so they brought a kerosene lantern and stuck it up on the pulpit, now, the problem was the preacher was still pounding it and he was going crazy and knocked the kerosene lantern off. We almost had a fire in that youth rally. But kerosene lanterns are not bad. But can I tell you, I'm glad we didn't have to come light the kerosene lanterns and I'm glad we have electricity. Just because something is old does not necessarily mean it's good. Just because something is new, it's not always bad. But I want to tell you, we're not talking about kerosene lanterns. We're not talking about horse and buggy tonight. We're talking about the truths of the Word of God that are old in that they have been forever settled in heaven. The truth of God is not new, but you can't improve on this truth right here. And I'm glad that when we talk about the old paths or we talk about the good way, we're talking about the Word of God, and that doesn't need improvement. It just needs to be implemented. It just needs to be practiced. 
old and, and good, Jeremiah uses to describe the path that God has for his people. As a church, we must stick with what thus saith the Lord. Number one, I see the authority. The authority found in this passage is that Jeremiah is not speaking about ideas he heard someone else say. He is speaking what God told him to say. God is speaking to his people in Jeremiah 6. Can I tell you, when God's speaking, we better listen. We better figure out what our authority is for our life. Some people, their authority is what the people at work say. Well, my coworker said this would be a good idea. Or my neighbor said this. Or I, I heard it. I heard it on the radio. It must be true if I heard it on the radio. Or here's a good one. I saw it on the internet. Well, I tell you, if it's on the, if it's in on the World Wide Web, it must be true. Um, probably not. As a matter of fact, if you saw it on the internet, I'd be a little suspect. There are, I'm not saying everything on the internet's false, but there's a whole lot of nonsense on there. But I'll tell you what we can trust, and I'll tell you what we can depend on, the authority of the Word of God. We won't know what God says if we don't read His Word. We won't know what God says if we don't get in his house and get in the, the, under the preaching and teaching and, and get in Sunday school and come to Wednesday night and, and be under the, 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 the preaching and the authority of God's word. We must get back to the Bible as our authority. I'm afraid as, uh, as Christians, we sometimes, we, we lean too much to situational ethics. Well, I just think in this situation, I just think this is okay. Uh, this, this just really just feels right to me. Well, friend, I don't care what feels right to you and I don't care what feels right to me. If it goes against the word of God, it ain't right. And we must get back to the authority of the word of God. We're not looking to the world for approval. We're not looking to man for approval. We're looking to what God has said and we're looking for his approval because we're living by his authority and under his word. Number one, if we're going to get back to the good way, we've got to get back to the authority. Thus saith the Lord. Number two, I see there must be an anchor. It says in Jeremiah 6, 16, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways. Now, I understand that Jeremiah is saying, you, you got to stop and you got to figure out which way you're going. I understand because he's talking about uh, about walking and he's talking about making progress and he's talking about a path. So I understand when he says to stand, he's saying, hey, figure out what you believe and once you figure out what you believe, you better act upon it. You see, I can stand up here and I can say, I believe in prayer. God says I should pray and God, the Bible says that God answers prayer and I can say all day long, I believe in prayer. But believing in prayer in my head and not practicing prayer in my life doesn't do a whole lot of good. You got to figure out what you believe and then you do something with it. You must have an anchor. You must figure out where you're going to stand and figure out uh, what you believe and then once you figure it out, don't change. Because truth does not change. God's word does not change. God himself does not change. And, and when Jeremiah is talking to these people about, he's saying, hey, why are you going down the new path? Why are you trying to find your own way? Why are you trying to figure it out on your own? You don't know where you're going. 
but God does. He's already been there. And he's willing to lead you if you'll follow him. There must be an anchor. There must be a, a firmness and a steadfastness of figuring out what we believe and then sticking with it. Can I tell you, you can't worry about everybody else. If you're always worried about, well, my, my friend at work or my neighbor or my relative, you know, they're, they're, they're a good person. And I'm sure they are. But, you know, they don't, they don't believe in all this stuff like preaching. And they don't believe in all this stuff like, you know, like going to church. And they don't, they don't believe in all this stuff like, you know, having good godly music. They just, they believe in rock and roll and just put a few Christian words and sprinkle it in and you're good to go. Well, that may be what they believe. But can I tell you, that's not the anchor. The anchor for your life and my life must be what the, what the Bible says, what thus saith the Lord. We must not change. Once you change, there's no limit to how far you'll go. We were talking the other day, Miss uh, Joanne uh, Hoggard brought me a, a, an article about something I told her. I said, I've seen that same thing. Did you know there are churches uh, in, uh, not in Roanoke Rapids that I know, but there are churches in our country today that they're all, they're based upon pets. It's bring your pet to church and the whole service is about the pet. There's prayers that you pray about the pet. Uh, there, are, there are dog treats in the service. And by the way, we're not bringing our pets to church. That would have been a good place for more than three of you to say amen. We're not bringing our pets to church and we're not bringing our popcorn and peanuts and all that stuff in the auditorium. We're not bringing our soda and all that. We've had some friendly announcements in the bulletin the last couple of weeks and now we'll get a not so friendly reminder from the pastor. But this is church. This is God's house. But if you start to change, there's no limit to how far you'll go when you get away from the Bible. We would look at that and say, uh, church is not about your pet. Church is about souls. Church is about eternity and, and where people will go if they do not know Christ. But can I tell you, when you get away from the Bible, you are going to be out of your mind because you've lost your anchor. We must have an anchor. We must stand, number uh, three, quickly. There must be attention. It says that we are to stand in the ways and see. It says we must see the old paths. We must see the good way. We must identify the path that God has for our lives. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you and I'll admit, sometimes you have to see it done before it makes sense. And some of us, that's how we operate. I remember for me in sports, there's times I had to see it done. And once I saw it, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe for you with building or maybe for you with your job, you know, you see somebody do it, maybe playing the guitar or whatever, and you see a, the way they do a chord or the way they do size. Oh, okay, that makes sense now. But I'll tell you, you better identify the direction you're going. You better find somebody who's gone down that road. You better figure out uh, where you want to go. You better identify it. You better see it. You better pay attention. And then you stick with it. Number one, we must have the authority. Number two, the anchor. Number three, I see we must pay attention. We must see the direction that God has for us. Number four, we must ask. Notice what it says in verse number 16. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? I think it's good that you ask some people who've been down the road, say, hey, what would you recommend? You've been married for 30, 40, 50 years. You've had a good marriage. You've raised children. 
what would you recommend for somebody who's been married for four years? Uh, you, you've raised your children and you say, uh, uh, or you haven't raised your children, but somebody else has. You say, how did you do it? What were some things you did? Can I tell you the people you don't want to ask? The people who've never had children. Now that's a serious case of the stupids right there. I want to know what to do with my kids so I know I'll ask somebody who's never had children. But by the way, you, you will be fooled into doing that because the people that have never had children, they've got all the answers. My wife and I sure did. We had every answer until we had children and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is a little different. You say, I'm having trouble in my marriage. I know what I'll do. I'll ask somebody who's either not married or I'll ask somebody who's been married 14 million times. I'll ask them. No, you don't do that. See, I wanna, I wanna get some good business advice. I'm gonna find the guy that's been bankrupted 14 times and still hasn't figured it out. That's the, no, 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 no. You wanna ask someone who's been down that path. There must be a desire, there must be a seeking, there must be a longing in your heart to, to find the right path and you must ask for it. Find someone who's been down that road. Number five, once you identify that, once you ask and you figure out where you want to go and where God is directing you, then number five, you must advance. Notice what it says in verse number 16. Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. You see, a path always has a destination. And once you get on a path, you're not going to stay stationary. Once you get on the path, you're going somewhere. And that path is going to lead you to a destination. You know the destination I want to end up at? It's, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's where I want to end up. I want to end up, like verse 16 says, and ye shall find rest for your souls. I want to get to a place where I have peace and where I have joy and I have contentment and I may not have the most money and I may not have the biggest house and I may not have the nicest things, but I know that I have pleased God. I want to advance. I want to make progress on the path that God has for me. Number six, once you get on that path, number six, you must abide. It says walk Therein, that means you stay on the path. That means you stick with it. You don't get sidetracked. You don't look for an easier road. You don't look for a more popular path, but you look down the road that God has for you and you see the end result. Acts 20, the Bible says, Paul said, I want to finish my course with joy. It says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have finished my course. And then lastly, I see in verse number 16, there is an award. There is a prize. There is something to be gained by following the old paths and by following the good way that God has for you. It says, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Now, that doesn't say that your life will be easy because the narrow path that God has for you and that God has for me God never promised it was going to be an easy path. This verse doesn't say, you're going to have an easy life if you just serve God. No, no, no. But you know what it says? You'll find rest. You'll find peace. You'll be able to sleep at night. You'll be able to pillow your head at night knowing I've done my best for Christ. 
You'll be able to pillow your head at night and say, I've given my best to Jesus. And I, I know that I've, I've done my best for the master, but we must keep our eyes on the prize. You'll find rest and peace on this path. We will talk in January and February about some things that I believe God would have us to do here at Victory Baptist Church and really some things that I believe God would have us to continue to do as a church to stay on the right path. Did you know churches can get off track? Did you know churches can change? And I'm not talking about for the good, although they can change for the good too. But when we get away from this book right here, it goes downhill fast. And as a church, may God help us to see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein. Keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.